You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. The driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know. There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know. A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and at the risk of sounding too cocky, the New York Yankees win their baseball games every day. For now, it's true. In the future, no, they will lose. Might lose Monday night. Go to Atlanta. Tough place to play, but for now, for now, the God's honest truth, if the Yankees are playing a baseball game and have been playing a baseball game within the last week and a half, they're going to win it. They already won it. They won Friday night against the Twins. Behind Nestor Cortez Jr., blowout, 10-2. They won Saturday against the Minnesota Twins. Garrett Cole on the mound, blowout. Giancarlo Stanton, bases loaded double. Luke Voigt murdered the baseball in both of those games. And Sunday, Yanks got rained out. No game, can't win, can't win when there's no baseball game. But that's a sweep of the Minnesota Twins. It's nine in a row headed to Atlanta, where the Braves have also won nine in a row. We're going to break down Nestor. We're going to break down Andrew Velasquez and what we do with him when Gleyber Torres inevitably returns. Gio Rochella also returning. This uh, pedals to the metal. And uh, Luke Foy can't bench that guy. We're going to talk about him, too. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer. Before I introduce Thomas Carinante, though, attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have... A pube problem. If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0, which includes that lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer reefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. This 4.0 trimmer has a cutting-edge ceramic blade, which reduces grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, a 7,000 RPM motor, new multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and it's even waterproof in case you're doing this business underwater. If this interests you, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 
for a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the pod. We are rolling, baby. We are. Uh, it's really exciting. We got some happy Monday pods. I, how how long has it been? This is the first. This is the first month where we've had a couple of happy Monday pods. We never had. We never had more than one in in a single month since the start of the season. Um, and now we're here. We we got good topics to talk about. We we it's we, no longer a pod for haters. It's it's no. finally not a hater pod. No, the haters have unsubscribed. Uh, now we got some actual Yankee fans, hopefully tuning in to hear what we have to say. Uh, some optimistic things. Um, some encouraging things. We're we're liking what we're seeing from the team. We're liking the the motivation here. Uh, we're liking how the team is battling against adversity and remaining resilient. Um, it's something we kind of. We've been hoping for for the better part of three, four months. Um, and now they're rattling off wins as if the 2019 New York Yankees would be rattling off wins. A nice 10 mm-hmm. 2 victory, a nice 24 runs in three games is the stuff you like to see. You got your good arms on the mound against an inferior team in the Twins. Jamison Tyone, Nestor Cortez Jr., Garrett Cole. Everybody gets a win. The offense pummels the opposition. It took long enough, but here we are. I know, I, I know it's a little bit, you could sit, the, the haters will, will love to hear this because you mm-hmm. do look back at the New York Yankees and you're saying, well, yes, they're on an incredible, what are they, 19 and four in their last uh, 23 games or something? That sounds right. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, but they needed a momentous trade deadline to make it happen. And like, yeah, you look back and you you examine the Yankees lineup and you think that they should probably be able to do this without getting Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo, but it is what it is. You got a couple of these acquisitions. It's kind of lit, lit a fire under the Yankees. And now we're leading the wild card at the moment, four and a half back of the Rays. Any news is good news at this point for the Yankees. I'm happy hearing anything about them. I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing. I, I like anybody who's taking the field at this point. Uh, and I really do. Everybody, everybody's just doing what I like to see. Andrew Velasquez has been a breath of fresh air at shortstop. Um, Esther Cortez in the rotation has been, I you can't give up his spot at this point. Um, and, and, and it's rolling. We're starting to see the victories that we have, we'd been hoping for, for so long now. Um, and now the, 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 the test is on because we got the Braves Monday and Tuesday, then a day off. And then four game series against Oakland, who were neck and neck with in the wild card race. And then it's at the Angels. I know probably we should handle them, but uh, the Angels, uh, you pronounce as dead after that Angels series in the Bronx yes, I did. <laughs> in early July. So uh, work still needs to be done, but you got to like where the Yankees are at this point. And there's a lot of things to look forward to and some roster questions that we definitely do have to address and, and dive a little bit deeper into. Definition of good problems, I guess, because you'd rather have too many good players for too few spots than not have any, yeah. not have enough players to fill out a roster. But the Yankees, I mean, they keep doing this. They keep like lucking into the replacement being more exciting than the starter. And then it's like, what the hell do we do now? Like Miguel Andujar was the reigning second place finisher in the rookie of the year. Entering 2019, lost his job because he tore his shoulder up. Gio Rochella comes in, hits like 330 with 20 homer power. And then it's like, sorry, bud, got to use Gio Rochella. Do you, do you want to play left field? Uh, which was not a fit and is strange. Now and Duhar is bouncing around. He's got some wrist issue. Uh, none of it's good. Uh, we don't like any of it. But, you know, Urshela was definitely not part of the Yankees' future. And then he hit too much to be removed. DJ LeMahieu was supposed to be here for two years as a roving infielder. And then became a near MVP candidate. Had to play second base every day. Good problems. Not, you know, uh, even extending LeMahieu for me. 
good problem. Who cares? He's here for a while. At the absolute worst, he is what he is right now, which is a pretty good baseball player. Uh, maybe he doesn't need to be starting in four years. I guess we'll find out somewhere down the line. But welcome to Andrew Velasquez, who is certainly a uh, an impressive fielder at shortstop. Yes. Made a game-ending play in that Red Sox game that, you know, Glaber Torres doesn't dream of making. Velasquez hit his first professional home run, a major league home run the other day. His family crying in the stands in the Bronx. Every game he plays, he makes things happen. He is exceptional on defense at shortstop. Okay, easy problem. When Glaber Torres comes back, we demote Tyler Wade, everybody's favorite quad A player who's been pretty awful the last several years, where Tyler Wade is hitting 275 <laughs> uh, with a higher WRC plus than Glaber. So right now, Glaber Torres is the worst performer of these three players. When Glaber Torres comes back, one of these guys is going to have to lose the job. Uh, the Eagles are going to have an expanded roster. I assume Glaber will come back before September 1st. Gio Rochella also coming back, by the way. FYI, fun, extremely fun. Uh, somebody's not going to make it to sit. Like, there's an expanded roster on September 1st. So the Yankees are going to get an extra, you know, space to carry. But somebody's not going to make it. Are we really willing to carry Velasquez, Torres, Urshela, and Wade and demote a bullpen option like Nick Nelson, Albert, like Nick Nelson's already gone. Brady Kerner's gone. Albert Abreu has to stay. He's like borderline a closer. Clay Holmes, Joely Rodriguez. These guys can't go anywhere. I mean, there's no, there's like no way Andrew Velasquez survives on this roster for more than like another couple of days. And that's insane. But again, what do you, I mean, how do you demote him? But also how do you keep him? What do you do? Unless you pretend Glaber Torres is a season ending injury. You can do that if you want. I mean, somebody's going to get hurt at some point. This roster never stays healthy for that long, but how can you, I mean, you can't justify demoting it, but you can't justify keeping it. Yeah, it gets tough, too, because, look, we're expecting Corey Kluber back in the next couple weeks, too. So that's going to have to free up. Yeah, it's going to have to free up. And Clay Holmes, we're going to have to free up other roster spots. So I really don't know what you do. Uh, Velasquez obviously is not going to stay. I would like him to stay. I I love his defense. It's a shame because we have been watching him over these last, what was it? It's been a, a week. It's been about a week and a half or something like yeah, that. Yeah, not weeks. that long. Um, and you can just tell. You could tell the difference. You can you can look at Glaber Torres, watch you can watch them both play, and you could just tell Glaber Torres is not a natural shortstop, and no. that's not really a knock against him. I, I don't. I, the, the organization is right. He's a better second baseman than he is a shortstop. I understand he came up in the minors playing a lot of short, but um, the natural instincts aren't there. The, the, it's more passive defense than it is aggression. You've seen Velasquez take charge at uh, a, a, a ton of balls in the infield and rip him over to first base. Um, so many times Glaber Torres, it feels like he's aiming the throw to first base or he's waiting the ball to take that extra bounce to him. Um, this is simply the eye test. If you've been watching Yankees baseball all year um, and uh, it, it just kind of goes to show that the, the, the gifts that fielders have at shortstop, it, it's, it's very instinctual and, and Andrew Velasquez very much, has that instinct. Uh, it's also helpful that he's a switch hitter. Um, and he is obviously not the greatest hitter in the world, but he's certainly aggressive and he likes to try to hack at pitches when he, when he thinks he's getting the right one. Um, 13 games, not overly impressive with a 242 average, but he's homered. He's got six RBIs. He's stolen a couple of bags. He's got a triple in there. Six runs scored in those 13 games. So stuff's happening when, when he's in the lineup. Um, and you know what? When you're when your glove is excelling in the field, 
not everybody's going to really be zoned in and, and, and having the microscope on you when you're in, when you're in the batter's box. And that's kind of what's been happening with Clay Torres. His glove hasn't been great. His defenses look very passive. And then everyone's expecting, Oh, but this guy's got 35 homer power. So we can expect something very good from him on offense. Can't we? Uh, not this year. I don't know why. Um, I hope Glaber is going through the motions and trying to figure out what's wrong. Uh, the conventional wisdom would suggest that it, the problem is he's playing. Uh, he, he's back at shortstop full time and he, he doesn't really have his confidence down and it might be affecting his approach at the plate. Um, so it, it just it's crazy because Velasquez is really not not blowing not blowing you away with numbers on offense, but he's he's making things happen. And, and it's just even more magnified because his defense has been so impressive um, and he's been able to allow us to relax on a lot of routine plays, which is something Gleyber Torres has not been able to do for the better part of the last two seasons. Um, but, yeah, it's it sucks. He's get the hometown kid is probably going to be gone. The Yankees have a lot of roster issues, I think, at the end of the day. Um, I don't know. Does Andrew Heaney stay with this team? Like that's the other thing I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, he's the only one. Yeah. Because look, I'm willing to bet. I'll bet any, I I love to bet, you know, that I'll bet anything at that, at this point that Clint Frazier and, uh, Domingo Herman will not be back with the 2021 Yankees. Miguel Andujar will not either. Um, the Yankees just, there's, uh, there, there's very, Clint Frazier removed himself from a game on August 16th, and then he was transferred to the 60-day injured list. Um, Domingo Herman is still experiencing soreness in his shoulder. I don't see any scenario in which the Yankees bring him back to work through that soreness to pitch down the stretch in important games that we need to win. Really don't see that being a scenario unless there's, uh, like you said, the roster is never healthy anyway, so maybe some other shit happens, and then they have to bring him up because they need arms. Um, assuming he's, he's, he's on track in a few weeks and whatnot. Um, but Andujar, there, there's really no space for him at this point. Um, so it, it is complicated, but I, yeah, they, I'm looking, I'm looking at this right now. And, and the only guy I see who, who I guess they would feel comfortable parting with is Andrew Heaney. They got him for nothing in a trade. He hasn't really been good outside of that Red Sox start. They're definitely not going to use him in the postseason. I don't know what they would use him in the postseason for. Um, so I get what that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the saving grace is for Velasquez at this point. I think he's probably just going to have to go because, because Corey Kluber needs to come back and, and so does Clay Holmes complicated. There's, sucks. Yeah. There's no one removable here. Yeah. It's like you, you very quickly. Heaney is the only name that stood out to me. Yeah. Otherwise you're dumping Albert Abreu. No, thank you again. He's been a borderline closer for like two and a half, three weeks now. Um, Lucas Lickie, no thanks. Don't want to get rid of him. Wandy Peralta hasn't given up an earned run since coming back from the IL. Joely Rodriguez has been great. Um, so I mean, bottom line, Tyler Wade, Velasquez, and Nestor and Heaney are like the four most removable names on the roster. And Nestor's gonna get a playoff start. Yeah. And Corey Kluber's coming back unless they decide he's not. Maybe they decide he's not. Maybe Severino is probably coming back for a bullpen roll down the stretch. Uh, but maybe they decide he's not. I mean, there, there's no way. There's no way this yeah. is going to work out. Yeah. Um, Luis Heel is not currently on the roster. Yeah, I will, I will remind you. Um, our best starter over the last several weeks, not on the roster. He's been a COVID up and down roller coaster replacement for everybody upset by the fact that he keeps losing his roster spot. This is why, because there's currently no available roster spots. Uh, again, not the worst problem to have. The worst problem to have is our roster sucks. There's 20 roster spots. What do we do with them? It's called the Baltimore Orioles corollary. It's like, oh my God, there's so <laughs> many roster spots. We don't have a single player who's worth it. What, what do we do? 
Um, not the worst thing in the world to be the hottest team in Major League Baseball and contending with an overstuffed roster with unexpected contributors. But at a certain point, the unexpected contributors do have to leave. Um, we're going to take a quick break. After we take that break, though, we're going to have to assess Nestor Cortez Jr., someone who, at this juncture, absolutely cannot lose that roster spot. The, the, the entire team has galvanized themselves around him. They're wearing Nestor shirts. We don't know what's going on. We're going to assess the situation when we come back. Stick around. Welcome back to the Inks Go Yard podcast. So, Nestor Cortez Jr., who recently was our most surprising performer, but somebody who no wasn't necessarily a guy who could go six or seven innings. He was delivering a lot of four-inning, five-inning starts. You could eventually envision a world where maybe Nestor and Luis Heal to save innings on his arm back each other up in the postseason, or maybe Nestor and Seve, or maybe Nestor and Kluber. Maybe Nestor's the first guy out of the pen when they need bulk innings covered. Great. But now he's an ace type pitcher, which <laughs> is crazy. But he just went seven innings, allowing two earned against Minnesota. He disposed of the White Sox very easily. The White Sox on the road. The Chicago White Sox, the mm -hmm. division leading uh, by like 10 games. Chicago White Sox. Nestor threw six innings against them, said no big deal. Give up a home run to Andrew Vaughn. I believe that's it. Uh, he got knocked around by the Royals a little bit in two starts ago, and everyone was kind of like, all right, well, this has been fun. But yeah, I guess back to the bullpen with you, Nestor, when you get a chance. Uh, at this juncture, you can't, you cannot remove this man from the rotation, and maybe you have to. He he might get ben he might get rotation benefits over heel at this at this juncture, which is insane. The Yankees might look at heel, whose command has been not wonderful, whose raw stuff is enough to get the job done, and who maybe got a little lucky in throwing three straight shutouts <laughs> to set a modern major league record. Like maybe we've already gotten the best of heel. And maybe we haven't seen the best of Nestor yet, who continues to develop every time he takes the mound. Maybe that's the team's calculus. But yeah, outside of Andrew Heaney, who needs to lose his job basically as soon as possible, um, who, who delivered that Red Sox start, and that's great. But unless he goes to Atlanta and leads Sherman's march down south and outduels Charlie Morton this week, I think his his rope is probably short. And I think Nestor and Heel and Kluber and Seve, you know, if Seve goes two innings in the back of these guys' starts, I think that's enough to justify all their places on the roster over Heaney, you can't you can't dump Nasty Nestor right now. You just can't. You can't. And the reason why, I mean, I know he he hasn't been he hasn't he's been blowing people away because there have been no expectations. That's that's really what's been happening. Mm -hmm. Um because previously he was not that good. He was mop up he was garbage mop up innings for the Yankees in, in years prior. And then this year, what's been the problem with the Yankees? The problem has been people not stepping up. When there's when when there's been a bad stretch, when there's been uh, when there's been a string of losses, when there's been no offensive production, when 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 there is no offensive production and you need a start and that that's that's commanding and really sets the tone. And what has Nestor done? I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's Garrett Cole esque, but we needed a win. I'm against, saying that <laughs> we needed a win against the Mets on July 4th. What did he do? after we were unable to get a pitcher to throw the first two innings of the game without giving up multiple runs, he goes three and a third, allows one, we win 4-2, save that disaster of a weekend after uh, Chapman blew that game and then uh, whatever the fuck happened on Saturday. I, I blocked it off from my brain. They just got destroyed. Somebody, yeah. I think Domingo Herman got owned. It was, yeah. it was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Either way, that was when the offense couldn't get anything done in the starting rotation, even though it was relatively good. They were just putting the offense in a hole right off the bat. 
It was the worst. It was the worst confluence of things that you could ever imagine. And then he goes to Houston the, the next week, four and two thirds gives up no runs. The exact Yankees win four nothing. Shut out the Astros. Relatively easy work. That series obviously was great until Chad Green blew the uh, the final game before the break. But cool. Nestor set the tone in because Garrett Cole went Saturday, right? So Nestor set the tone on that Friday. Then yep. Garrett Cole threw his 129 pitch performance that uh, seemingly we thought would bring us momentum on Sunday, but didn't. Then he gets knocked around by Boston a little bit. Uh, he had not pitched in almost, uh, I think. Uh, t- 10 days or two weeks, uh, yeah, two weeks, COVID. yeah, two weeks from COVID and the all-star break. Then his next start after we need a win against the Rays. What does he do? Five innings, one earned five strikeouts. Then he gets the job done against Seattle, five innings, two earned. That's good. You, like you said, knocked around against the Royals, but gets the Sunday series win against the White Sox with six innings pitch, his longest outing of the year. And then he follows it up again with seven innings against the twins. So at this point, I love his change of pace as well. That that's that his his uh, his delivery throws off timing for hitters. Um, he's got he could throw sidearm if he needs to. Um, it's it's the it's the great change of pace that we kind of had. Told. What did we talk about in all offseason? We wanted a really good number two behind Cole. We kept citing Kyle Hendricks, who's very efficient, who's mm-hmm. got movement on his pitches who isn't overwhelming, who doesn't overwork himself. Nestor seems to be that guy for me, not number two S, but a great change of pace, dude, who I think worst case scenario, once we approach the postseason, will be the first guy out of the pen to eat innings. God forbid something happens to a starter yeah. or if someone's overworked or maybe someone doesn't look good. And Aaron Boone's like, you know what? I'm not going to press my luck here. Let's just go to Nestor. He can give us three, four, five, whatever it is. Um, so, but at this point I'm giving, I'm giving him a postseason start. I don't think many people are disagreeing with that either. Yankees rotation has been tremendous over the last two months. Um, and he's been a, he's been a big part of that, believe it or not. So you simply can't demote the guy. And I'm certainly not demoting him for Domingo Herman. I'm look, guys, I'm not being a pessimist. I'm just not relying on Luis Severino for anything. And it's nothing no. against him. We can't, we can't get ahead of ourselves. Every time there's an, every time there's an encouraging update, there's a setback. I don't know what's going on. There's no structural damage with his shoulder, but he's still not throwing. These continual setbacks, it, it, he's not coming back as a starter. You could you could write that off right now. If he comes back in any capacity, like you said, it'll be piggybacking someone after a start or maybe opening the game going one to two innings. Maybe they use him in high leverage relief. I doubt it. That would be, I think, the best case scenario if he's really feeling good and his stuff is looking crisp. But two setbacks now, not looking great. Time is running out. We're a week away from September at this point then he's going to need what? How many more rehab starts? How many more buildups? So um, you got to keep Nestor. Moral of the story is Nestor needs to remain in the rotation with Cole, Montgomery, Tyone, and then Kluber when he returns. Yeah, I think the good news is if they do get stuck in a wild card game, they have a ton of these all hands on deck yeah. guys. Like yeah. you, you don't want to think of a world where Garrett Cole gets knocked out in like the first or second inning. That would be uh, not good. Uh, hopefully it's a home wild card game. That's what you want. That's what you play for. So they have the control of their own destiny right now. But on the off chance that he doesn't like, you can't tell me that like this team has never been more prepared for a situation like that with a guy like Nestor and heel behind him who can easily just absorb the next like six innings between them and get it to Loisaga and get it to Chapman. Like, there are a ton of dudes who right now are in the rotation and have been like borderline ace level guys who, if you needed them to in the playoffs, could easily be the Rays and just give you three all out innings of weirdness. 
and think about think about following Cole with Nestor and then following Nestor with Heel. That's fun. I mean, yeah. that's very fun. And even just Nestor and Heel, that's a fun playoff game. Maybe one goes four, one goes three. Like mm-hmm. it's funky. It's fun. It's interesting. I don't hate anything about it. I uh, let's let's talk a little bit about you know uh, let I mean we're gonna talk about Luke Voigt yeah. in a second before we sign off. I do want to give the Twins credit though. I mean, we beat the shit out of them. Three straight <laughs> dominant victories. They almost came back from six nothing down in the first game. Kind of, sort of, uh, six nothing to six four, or six nothing to six three to six four to seven four to seven five. Then Chad Green went with squad and ended the game. The next two games they were nowhere close. But a lot of people are doing, oh, Yankees always beat the Twins. It's true. The Yankees do always beat the Twins. It's hilarious. It's weird. It makes no sense. But a lot of people are following that by being like, they're worse than normal this year. They're terrible. You know, what? It, who, that series said nothing about anything. Prior to coming to New York, which, again, the Twins always have problems here. But prior to coming to New York, the Minnesota Twins, who have struggled this season for sure, went to Cincinnati early August, August 3rd and 4th, split that series 7-5 and lost 6-5. Um, Cincinnati's now in the wild card. That's like one of the hottest teams in baseball. Split that series on the road. Went to Houston, took two out of three from the Astros, Minnesota Twins. Oh, sorry, took three out of four from the Astros. Mm. Sorry, read that wrong. Won another game, got another game, won it. White Sox come to Minnesota. Minnesota takes two of three. Rays come to Minnesota. Minnesota takes two of three. Indians come to Minnesota. Minnesota takes two of three. One of those Rays wins was a walk-off. Two of those Indians wins were walk-offs. So the Twins are coming in, having split a series with the hottest team in baseball, taking three out of four from the Astros, beating the White Sox and Rays and Indians in three series. And then the Yankees decimate them in three games. Great job by the Yankees. Twins are at their hottest. It's the hottest the Twins have been all year. Twins are supposed to win the division easily. Or, or I mean, I don't know. People like the White Sox. Yeah. But the Twins were supposed to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they aren't, and that's fine. But they've played like a playoff team in August, and the Yankees just took them apart piece by piece. Now the Twins go to Boston. Kind of fun, sort of interesting. Uh, the Red Sox, who I thought might sweep the Rangers and Twins, uh, but then instead gave up 17 hits to the Rangers in the second game of that series and lost 10-1. So <laughs> I find that interesting. That's a, that's a pretty fun way to not sweep the Rangers and Twins by getting absolutely destroyed in uh, game two. Uh, oh, so close. Got to the second one. Uh, but let's talk about Luke Voigt who, again, we've said this a trillion times, we, we, we don't have to take the victory lap, but we will. The Yankees' best lineup, it, it, this is easy. The Yankees' best lineup includes Voight and Rizzo, not just for this year, for next year too. If the Yankees are going to extend Rizzo, please do not trade Luke Voigt for uh, peanuts. At the very least, Voigt appears to be raising his value now. Imagine if some team had swiped Luke Voigt three weeks ago when he was readily available. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Nobody wanted him. And now Luke Voigt and his below-average defense, bleh, every argument that, in fact, one of the best-hitting first basemen in the league for three years is pointless because he's not an above-average defender, as if DH is not a position in Major League Baseball. The Yankees found room for Luke Voigt this weekend. They gave Rizzo one day of rest. They DH'd Voigt and let him off in one of the other games. And Voigt uh, had, like, um, excuse me, uh, it's like 11 RBI this weekend or something. He went 4-4 four for four with a bomb on Friday. He is not removable from the lineup at any point unless he gets hurt, unless he needs a day off or a breather. Spoiler alert, the Yankees get hurt. It happens. Like, this is a roster crunch. We have a problem right now. Voight, Rizzo, Stanton, like the longer you can go with all the all three of those guys healthy, the better. That's awesome. But somebody's going to get dinged up. Somebody's going to get nicked. That's why you keep them all. And Voight has been 
impossibly good the past few days. It's incredible. And there, there's two things I can hang my hat on for this year because everything else I've either been wrong about or it's just been in ebbs and flows. One was I promised at the beginning of the year and told you that I would not give the starting rotation any shit if they were underperforming until the end of May. And then I couldn't give them any shit because they were performing awesome. So awesome. I gave them their I gave them their uh, leash and they proved they 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 validated my any any and all my concerns or invalidated them, I I, I guess I should say. Um, and then I didn't give up on Luke Voigt. Why? Because he had a knee injury. I I don't know what you guys were expecting. He he had a knee injury. He missed the first month and a half of the season. Then he comes back and he suffers an oblique injury. I don't know who was giving him shit. I'm confident to say that most Yankee fans were not giving him shit for his 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 poor start and his slow start. Obviously, yeah, it's it was the, rough uh, to watch. It's the I was told Kevin Durant couldn't shoot tweet. It's like, oh, but I was told Luke Voigt wasn't good anymore. No, you weren't. Nobody yeah, said no. that. Nobody. Yeah. So I, I mean, there there was also the whole mix up with the comments. I don't know who was angry about the comments. I don't think anybody was really angry about the Kim comments. Jones. But, yeah. Kim I Jones guess. said he should be benched. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, no. I guess. Yeah, that's 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 a bit much. But anyway, I looked at Voight's situation, and it's not easy to come back from injury, guys. It's it's very much not. And um, Voight's a guy who is very important to this lineup for a lot of reasons. He gives it length. Uh, he gives it the fire and the passion that, that it needs because a lot of we got a lot of monotone and, and robotic characters on on this squad. Um, and I don't know how you could, Voight was 20, Voight was 30 games in and he's batting 232 with a 675 OPS. Like, I don't know what you want. He's on and off with two serious injuries. Very hard to come back from. He came back from that grade two oblique strain faster than we ever could have imagined. He was back within a month. We thought it was going to be at least, yeah, we thought it was going to be two months since August 8th. He's upped his average from 232 to 266 and his OPS from 675 to 790. And yes, we're not going to view a a small sample size of 12 games as, oh, Luke Voigt's the savior. But no, at this point, he can't be taken out of the lineup because we know what he's capable of. I know much of his time in the Bronx has been characterized by injuries in his, uh, he was acquired in 2018 and 2019. He was having a great season. Then sports hernia surgery sidelined him. Last year, he was healthy, but foot stuff kind of plagued him all year. And then this year, you have the knee, the, the two knee issues and the oblique issue. Wasn't encouraging at all, but maybe it's all behind him at this point. And he's put it back because this is the best we've seen him this year. And it's the best we've seen him since the since September of last year. Can't can't keep him out of the lineup. He would be one of he would be one of the best DHs in the league if if that's what his his fate is, um, which I would assume it is because I know the Yankees are have turned a corner and are valuing defense way more than they, they ever have. It seems. Uh, and Anthony Rizzo should remain at first base because he is a vacuum. He's labor Torres is going back to short. He's going to save a lot of runs. He's going to save a lot of bad plays from him. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's, there is no reason to trade Luke void at, at, uh, at his uh, lowest possible value at the deadline. Uh, nobody agreed with that. We were simply just, experimenting with deals because we were hearing that he was on the table and people were inquiring and the Yankees needed pitching. So what do you do? Yeah. You dangle an extra asset. If you have to do it, did we agree with it? No, we want Luke Voigt in the lineup, this lineup. Look at John Carlos Stanton's improvements and starting to play the field. Did you see his yes. numbers? It's he's batting like 300 and, and OPSing like almost 900. That That's, that's night and day. The, from baseball player. A lot, a lot, yeah, a lot, very good. It's it, clearly baseball's a mental game. 
And you need to kind of have, you need to kind of be, he, John Carlos Stanton's a guy who can't, in my opinion, can't remain in the DH spot. He's not a DH. He's a solid outfielder. He's totally fine in the outfield. You can't have him when you're going into slumps as a DH, it's tough because you're just going back to the bench and you're sitting there and you're just wondering how everybody else thinks you're a schmuck for striking out and looking like an idiot the last three times you went up to the plate. So um, now that we have this variation and Stanton can play some field and we can move Gallo and judge between center and the corner spots. We got some versatility. Brett Gardner decided to start playing some baseball. So a lot of good stuff happening. Um, Luke Voigt should be in the lineup more, more times than not. Um, and at this point, uh, I, I think what I mentioned on the last podcast, I think it's good that he does maybe get a day or two off per week because his body does need to hold up. I don't think he's ready for everyday action based on everything that he's dealt with this year. And quite frankly, over the last couple of years, um, I don't think that's going to disturb his rhythm day off here and there certainly won't. I, he can't have long layoffs, but, but once again, this lineup is better with Luke Voigt in it. Bad him lead off. Who gives a shit? Bad him seventh. doesn't matter. Either way, he's lengthening the lineup. He's giving you exactly what you need. And it's, and him and, and he's delivering the entertainment value. Stone cold, Steve Austin, a couple of waters in the dugout, him and Rizzo are boys now, I guess, after all that shit. So, um, the great stuff you want to hear. He gave us a nice, he gave us those comments, which I, I said last time I was appreciative of how many, how many dumb scripted post-game interviews have you heard this year from Yankees players? Then you have Luke Voigt pleading his case to play baseball on the New York Yankees because he thinks he's very good. And he is, and is dealing with a situation where the Yankees made it seem like he was expendable. Luke Voigt is not expendable. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. That's it. Um, I mean, we're going to see if we don't see Luke Voigt next year, we riot. Again, doesn't need to play every day. He needs to play five days a week because that's how life works. Anthony Rizzo, maybe give him a blow. Stanton, you can give him a blow. Stanton's been better since being in the outfield. Can't do it every day, but should do it a lot of days. Void's been mashing. Rizzo hasn't even been hitting, really, but his no. presence changes the lineup. He needs to be here as often as possible. Changes the uh, diamond in general on defense. Uh, play them all, and you can play them all because they have played them all. It's really that simple. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Riding that nine-game win streak momentum into Atlanta, which luckily is a two-game set because Atlanta's on fire, although they've beaten up the dregs of Major League Baseball, and we have beaten up real teams for about two weeks now. This is still going to get nasty. The pitching matchups are double lefties. Jordan Montgomery, Andrew Heaney. Not sure if the Braves kill lefties. Obviously, the Yankees trying to get their aces into the Oakland series, and we get that. But the next two games could get a little strange. So that's why it's good. The Yanks banked so many victories while they had the chance. Two and a half up on the second wild card. Certainly better than being like six out, which is what they were all year. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. You can also, head on over to yankscoyard.com. Plenty of content uh, for you there. Uh, Wide-ranging topics. Most of the stuff we're talking about on the pod, too. But more of an area for discourse. So join us. Talk to us. And one last thing. A big fuck you to Josh Donaldson. Arguing <laughs> regular strike calls. We forgot to mention it. I'm sorry. What an I idiot. I don't know who likes this guy in Major League Baseball, like, peer-wise. Um, it's clear Garrett Cole does not, and Garrett Cole should not. But... Uh, glad he was made a fool in front of everybody uh, facing the Yankees again after kind of stealing our uh, 
stealing our lunch money last time out when they walked us off uh, after Oldest Chapman decided to uh, fall flat on his face. So Donaldson, kick rocks. Uh, enjoy the couch in October, my friend. Oh, I almost forgot about that. And then a lot of people were going on Twitter being like, hmm, Yankee fans love to call the Astros out for cheating. But when Donaldson does it to them, they <laughs> hate it. Hypocrisy much? It's like, yeah, Garrett Cole is one of 385 major league pitchers using illegal substances. And Donaldson looks at him and goes, hmm, you see a guy like Garrett Cole and I assume no one else. And you just get a little suspicious. Well, guess what? Joshy D. Since the cut down, Cole's still been uh, pretty great more often than not. He destroyed you. He, in fact, walked the bases loaded just to get you looking at a low fastball on the corner of the zone. Made his maybe his most perfect pitches since the yeah. spider tech incident against you on Saturday. So I hope that felt good. Uh, we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's backyard. Day four, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.